Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the KBR Sports Podcast. You already know the best sports podcast of your 24-hour day. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. Of course, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Hit the follow button wherever you're listening to. Also, make sure you leave a review and a rating on the podcast because it always helps to support the podcast, of course. And if you are not already subscribed to the KBR Sports YouTube channel, make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel because the most recent video does detail all the reasons why the Golden State Warriors have been light years ahead of the rest of their NBA comp- compatriots. And it goes into it, it does give a lot of background as to why the Warriors are in the position they are in today and why they will be the team out of the Western Conference to be facing the Boston Celtics out of the East. Of course, we'll get into that more in a, just a bit. But guys, of course, make sure you go ahead and use my social media handles down below in the description to go ahead and follow KBR Sports as well as myself. Obviously, I talk about sports on my Twitter page. My I talk about it on the KBR Sports Twitter page for mainly up show updates on there. But of course, make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe or follow all my social media handles as well as the KBR Sports handles on there as well. And of course, we're going to be talking about, like I noted before, the Eastern Conference Finals, that getting wrapped up now, and just a lot of the the plot, flat, plot threads coming out of that that Eastern Conference Final. But of course, I got my guy with me, Snack Kill Oatmeal, to ride with me when we talk about this NBA topics. How we feeling, bro? You know, we got treated to a wonderful game of basketball yesterday. Uh, so, you know, I can't complain. This is true. This is true. It was a it was a weird game of basketball. I say that for sure because I, I it was it was like I guess it was it was a game that kept you engaged throughout most of it. But really throughout most of it it was the Celtics trying to just bury the heat and the heat are just climbing out of the pit the entire time. And throughout most of the game while I'm watching it I'm just like man the Celtics are just getting everything to everything is looking easier for the Celtics to get their their shots are wide open they're getting these their guys are able to finish these tough shots like the guys in terms of Jason Tatum Jalen Brown around the rim they're able to get there and finish but when it came to the heat it just didn't feel like the heat were having the same level of success and then when you look at it this is a game that I think pretty well officiated when you look at the split of terms of free throws 24 for the Heat, 24 for the Celtics. So it was pretty much an even split for the officiating. And I think that when I watched this game, I come back. I mean, we, me and you talked about it. We noted that the Celtics were the better team. But I felt as though this did end up becoming one of those games that we also discussed where Miami mainly hangs around in games when the officiating allows them to make it kind of a dogfight. And... To be fair, I don't want to short sell what the Heat did because I don't think it necessarily turned into a dogfight, but they just started being able to they, – they were in position to get a lot of the charges. They were in position to also force a lot of open, a lot of missed shots on behalf of the Celtics. And I think down the stretch of that game, in particular, Marcus Smart 
had so many open threes that he was just missing. And it came to a situation where the Heat were able to go on a run because of the fact that Marcus Smart was getting all the open shots and he just wasn't able to cash them in. And it gets to that point. I, I, I want to talk about the Jimmy Butler shot in and of itself, but it gets to that point where Jimmy Butler gets the opportunity to take the go-ahead shot and obviously he doesn't hit it. And then we end up with the result we have today. But what do you think about this Boston Celtics team and how they've what, what they've shown us in this series and in the lead up from beating the Nets, beating the Bucks, and now in this Heat series? What, how do you feel about the Celtics as of today? We have two different definitions of uh, well officiated games, but we'll get back to that later. I've said multiple times on this podcast that Boston has been the better team in each series. And the, for whatever reason, they just, they just cannot, they cannot just, they get into these games. And partially, it's, uh, it's the shot selection of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, where they just take terrible shots at times. And it's and like you could tell them that they're going to pull it. And you, it just leaves you scratching your head. Like, why? Why did you take that shot? You had 20 seconds on the shot clock. And you were confessed. You had two people on you. Why? Why take that shot? And then the other problem is the inconsistency of Marcus Smart. Where, like you mentioned, he had a bunch of open threes. And he, there was the stretch. He just couldn't hit one. And... You get these, and you're getting these open looks from from Brown and, and Tatum, and you gotta hit those shots. Like you hit those shots, it completely changes the whole offense. Yeah. And um, so, so if Marcus Smart isn't being the consistent third option you need him to be, now you have to rely on your role players like Grant Williams and I'm blitzing somebody. And it's wild too that you say that because oh, oh, he dropped 24 Derek points. White. He dropped 24 points, but it. It was one of those situations. Yeah, a lot of it did come to first. Like he was three of ten from three, and that that was where it got a little rough for him. And yeah, I I think I was impressed by Jason Tatum because they. I mean, I don't think he really had a choice, but they were essentially double teaming him that whole fourth quarter. He would get the ball pass. What'd you say? Not essentially, they were double teaming him. Yeah, they they were double teaming him that that pretty much the whole fourth quarter. And it became a situation where he just he was playing the role he was supposed to play. He was kicking the ball out to the player that is on the wing with him, and it was a lot of times they were doubling off of Marcus Smart, and it was a shot that they would lead there for Marcus Smart, or guys would try and cut to the basket and get a look at the rim, and they just weren't falling. And I think that I credit the Heat for making that adjustment because I think they said, "Hey, we're going to force the ball out of the guy." Out of the hands of the guy who's been hitting all these dagger shots on us. We're going to make these other guys beat us. Maybe they went to it a little too late. And because when they the minute they went to playing that mode of defense, I don't know if maybe you go to that in the third quarter where they don't have a halftime to make adjustments with. But the minute they went to that in the fourth, it, that's how they went on that huge run. And granted, and also I think one thing that I think the Heat didn't do enough. They didn't attack and transition. A lot of times the Heat were bringing the ball back up the court and letting the Celtics set up their half-court offense. But I wish I, I wish I had a statistic to see how many fast break points the Heat had in that fourth quarter. Because that fourth quarter, there were so many times the Heat are getting the ball 
and going downhill. And I tweeted it. I, I even texted you. I was saying, hey, man, the Heat are the best version of the Heat, the downhill version of the Heat. Because, yes, I did say this. And the 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 thing that blew me that the Heat were doing is that they would go, they would start getting this run going and they would get the, they would get the lead to like three points or even earlier in like the third quarter or so they would get it down to like six. Then they would resort to like some three point shots and the Heat were off from three. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it was rough <laughs> watching them. Started, I think they started like one of 10. Yeah, it was really bad. I mean, they finished the game six of 30, so they shot 20% from three. Oh. And when you shoot, I say that's not ideal. Yeah, it's not ideal in the least bit. And when you shoot twenty percent, and your opponent shoots, not like the Celtics shot a blazing percentage, but they at least shot around league average. They shot thirty four point four percent. But when you're shooting twenty percent, it's just that's just a hard battle to come out of. And every single time they they took a three, I was just like, up oh, well. There, here we go, and it, it would result in a long rebound. Celtics get a points in transition. And I was just like, man, these guys just need to stop taking these threes. I get it. Yes, you need to keep the defense honest. But the Heat were showing that when they were attacking the rim, they were able to convert and they were able to get foul calls to some degree. Their efficiency of making the free throws, not great. When you only hit 66.7% of your three free throws, obviously that's not a great conversion rate. But at least you're putting the defense in a position where your their guys are racking up fouls. Like Jason Tatum. And Jalen Brown, what, they had four or five fouls? I think Jalen Brown had five yeah. fouls. So Jalen Brown. Yeah, so when you're in that situation and you, you, you're essentially able to put this team in a position where they can't be aggressive defensively because they don't want to foul out, I don't know, man. I feel as though the Heat just waited too long. They waited way too long to really make take the onus and take the bull by the horns and really attack this team in a, in a, in a sense that you're gonna keep you're gonna keep putting them in that situation where the ref has to make the call or the Heat is gonna have to try and commit a foul to stop an easy bucket. And I I just feel as though it was a weird game when I describe it because I felt like the Heat didn't deserve to win the game, but I don't feel like the Celtics did either. Eh. What are you what are your thoughts on that? So here here's my thing, and this is why I said get different different ideas about the officiating. The Celtics were up 14 or 16, one of those two. And the, the, the game felt like it was about to be over. And then the second quarter, just foul, foul, foul. They had 19 free throws in the second quarter alone. And it just killed the momentum of, of Boston. They were in the, the penalty... Seven, seven minutes into the quarter, and it just seemed like whatever was going to happen, they just they just couldn't get their momentum anymore. And it was like every time, and then for the, like in the second half, you would you would see them just up consistently ten points, and it was just like this is like I just felt like the the momentum got killed for them, and like if they had if they had been able to keep that momentum, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you: What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
you know, I feel like it would have been part of the course of what we got these playoffs, which is just blowout after blowout. But um, I, thought, I definitely felt like Boston. Boston looked, felt, seemed like the better team the entire game. Like, there was no point in time I was like, man, Miami Miami should be in this game. I think I texted you. Like, Boston has just looked infinitely better than, than Miami did. And, I mean, credit to Miami. They, you know, they realized that they were getting calls in the second quarter and they just kept attacking. But at the same time, it was just to me like, Boston just, like, you wouldn't think this is the Eastern Conference Finals, the way the two teams were playing. And partially, part of that is uh, just the just the support from from the role players. Uh, I texted you yesterday, uh, what's his name? Kyle Lowry was awful the last three games. Even, like, his good games that they were talking about, like, oh, Kyle Lowry finally showed up. He's, like, 4 or 15 or something, something like that. His last three games, he's seven of twenty-five, or sorry, nine of nine of thirty-two. You know, Victor Oladipo is is seven of twenty-five. Like these are your these are your your supposed third, fourth option guys, and you're getting that kind of production from him. That it's just not going to cut it. And then you have, on the other hand, you have you know you have consistently you have Grant Williams who who, who I mean, he didn't play great. But it's like he's giving you he's giving you consistent he's giving you uh moments where he's playing good. And yeah. and you have uh, you have Robert Williams, so again, not gonna do anything on offense for you, but hey, he's playing consistently good defense. You have it's like you can't even say that about the guys for uh what's his name? Oh gosh, Miami. It's like Kyle like Kyle Lowry to me last night was just not that good. Like him and Marcus Smart, I'm gonna say this though. Him and Marcus Smart were having a flop off last night. And it was it was a great thing to watch. Oh man, that like there was a Bam out of bios like touches Marcus Smart. He goes flying. Uh, Al Horford is behind Kyle Lowry. He literally puts his arm on him, and, and Kyle Lowry's on the ground. <laughs> like it was. It, listen, if you want, if you if you are teaching your 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 players to to flop, put that game on. It yeah, is a master class flopping. Yeah, it was it and was then, a flopping tour de France. Yeah, and so it's like, you know, the guys on Boston, even if they're not – the thing is, even if they're not producing, like we said Marcus Smart was having – it felt like he was just struggling the whole second half. First half, this man hit a walk-up three. Like, you know he was feeling himself. Yeah. But – and so when you have these, these guys, when they're not even producing offensively, it's like you're still getting Marcus Smart's defense. You know, you're still getting Robert Williams' defense. Grant Williams out there trying hard. Derek White, even Derek White, but he's not good on defense. I mean, he came in, though, came in high. He gave them a, he, he was a big reason why that lead grew in the first quarter. Yeah. And it's like you can't, you can't look at Miami. You know, Tyler Hero was hurt. He couldn't give you anything. Uh, Gabe Vincent, I think he had a, one, he had a good play. Struth. I was it. Struce was the one who did show up when they only a couple of plays. Surprising me too. I mean, it, it was it was wild because I saw Eric Spolstra really having to play around with those substitutions, and mm-hmm. when you, when you, when I saw that Struce was in, I mean, I, granted, Struce has had a, a, I'd say a solid playoff run. Yeah, yeah. I think he hit unexpectedly good. I feel like. He hit some timely threes, but I think some of his decisions in terms of some of the shots he took, he hit he hit one late three that was like incredibly clutch. 
but yeah. some of the shots he was taking was really bad. They ran, uh, I think it was down four, and they came out of the timeout, and it was a, a Struess contested almost at the logo shot. And yeah. I was like, huh? Yeah. It was like, was that what you drew up out of a timeout? Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. There were a lot of... There were a lot of wonky possessions that they had down the stretch. I feel like it was just wasted opportunities. Even, weirdly enough, like I feel like it was like low IQ moments at the end of the third quarter when Victor Oladipo mm-hmm. tries to go for the two-for-one, but he shoots the ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, he shoots it way too late, and it, it essentially left the Celtics with, I think, 24, like 26 seconds, 25.9 seconds. And I think I think the Heat somehow get the ball back in the scenario. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah, but it was just one of those things. I'm just like, this is not a high IQ moment. And I felt like the Heat had a lot of those moments coming to the end of the game. And Victor Oladipo was killing, killing, killing them. Bro, he like I don't want to say washed, but man, he's looking rough. He was one of seven like- from three. Yeah, and it's not even like um, it's not even like you know when a guy's hustling and trying hard and he just you know he just can't he just he just doesn't play well. He's just like actively making like bad mistakes. Yeah, and that's what kills. Like he's making bad mistakes plus not shooting well. He was four of twelve and scored nine points. Yeah, and it's just like that's that, what I mean. You just can't you get that. Like, didn't take any free throws. He, it was not like he was playing good defense either. It's like he's what's he giving you? Well, that's the thing. I think I don't know, man. I, there were some possessions I saw him getting active defensively there, and I saw it didn't necessarily result result in turnovers. He's like, I'm not saying he's like Donovan Mitchell on defense or anything like that. I'm just saying like his defensive production isn't offsetting his offensive his lackluster offense. Yeah. You know, he's a net negative on on defense. I mean, offense, sorry. But, like, marginally positive on offense. I mean, on on defense, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it just doesn't doesn't cancel itself out. Yeah, it was rough, man. Like, there were times I'm like, gosh, damn, man. I I know that he gives people fits when he is, when he's playing at that top level, defensive level. But this mm-hmm. this regression offensively is just blisteringly bad. He was one of seven from three, man. That's just and he's mm-hmm. taking he was taking some threes there as if he was four of eight from three. And I mean confidence. I mean you can't you can't shoot him like you're not confident. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, you also this is the thing that we've all everybody's always bashed Russell Westbrook about. Know your game, right? Vic Vic is not a shooter. He's not a shooter. And one thing that Vic was doing, he the thing that when you take these step back threes and you're doing whatever else, the problem is it leads to these transition buckets for the Celtics. And that's one thing the Celtics were making it an emphasis was to run when they had the opportunities to try and get back and try and make sure they were getting easy conversion points on the fast break end of the floor. And I felt as though sometimes Vic, Vic was just... This was not a good Victor Oladipo game by any stretch. There's no way I'm watching tape on this game and I'm saying do exactly what this guy did. He wasn't he wasn't good with playmaking. He wasn't good at at shot creation. He wasn't there was Victor Oladipo. I mean, he was out there essentially. I think 
because of his defensive reputation. And I think he played a solid game defensively, but he didn't have the impact that he's had in previous games where it was evident that Jalen Brown couldn't dribble around this guy. It wasn't the, uh, the impact was nowhere near that this game. And I don't know. I felt like the guy that came out to play, I felt like Kyle Lowry was just Kyle Lowry's presence was felt just off of effort, but it wasn't, yeah. he, he wasn't really, yeah. I don't know. It, it's weird to evaluate how Kyle, cause watching him, you see where it mattered what Kyle Lowry's doing. Kyle Lowry hit some timely shots too, but mm-hmm. when you also are a guy that is taking, Four, when you go four of twelve to score fifteen points and you're one of six from three and you only have three assists, it's just like my goodness, man! You guys aren't nobody really was playmaking this game. Two of thirteen between them from three. It's just bad, man. That's your those are your two guards. That so you took thirty threes. They almost took half your threes and made two. They also made a thirty of three. To be fair, <laughs> truly though. Oh, that's so bad, man. He so, so hold on. I want to point out. You said Victor had a rough game. All right, let me let me let me let me walk that back for you. Game one, he scores five. Game two, he scores fourteen on two of eight. Game three, he scores five. Game four, busts out twenty three. Game five, he scores three. Game six, he scores nine. Game seven, he scores nine. Uh, in two games, he had nine of his. 12 assists in the entire series. Listen, I think it's a, I think it's being very generous to say he, he had a rough couple games. We had a rough series. He had a rough series, but the problem is that I, 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 when I detailed how I viewed that from him, it was also acknowledging that he's been playing really good defense throughout most of the series when he's been in the game, which is why his minutes per game has gone up. But this game, he didn't have that defensive impact, which is why I'm this game in particular. I'm isolating him and saying this just wasn't the same effort. The other games were blowouts, right? They were kind of games that some of them were blowouts, and whether I, it was easy to pick apart the whole Heat team in those instances. When a game is so close and you you lose by margins, it becomes glaring where you are not making an impact. And there were so many possessions. I'm seeing Victor Oladipo try to take, force the issue, take the ball to the rim. He's not getting fouled. I see him taking a step back three, and I'm like, that's a possession gone. And I, I just was sitting there. I'm like, oh, gosh, man. These guys really can't create offense unless the ball is in Jimmy Butler's hands. And there were even times in the fourth quarter I felt like Jimmy Butler was trying to force the issue. And granted, it's what you want from your best player if the offense isn't moving. But there were times I could tell Jimmy Butler was just like, man, I'm just going to th- – I'm praying I'm going to get a call on this. And he would just barrel to the rim, and Al Horford just stood there, and then Jimmy just falls to the ground and doesn't get a call. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the old honest treatment, huh? <laughs> Essentially. And I just, I, I felt like this team, man, there was just so many plays left on the, on the, on the, on the, on the game, on the court for this team. And I think they're going to go back and look at it. And how, how do you think this Heat team can improve? Because I, to be honest, I don't really think Tyler Hero being here would have changed much. I think. No, I doubt the game. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. You know, I think a fully well, healthy. Because, oh, because, all right. They, their biggest problem was offense. But who, like, if take money, like, if, I mean, if, at this point, I the mean, level. The Tyler lo- Hero, I mean, yeah, that's better. that's the thing. The level of consistency that Tyler Hero provides. I, I this, well, let me say the lack of consistency. I don't know if Ty- I haven't seen a level of consistency from Tyler Hero yet that I'm going to say that he was the guy that was about to change the tide of this series, right? Don't disrespect all time. What was it? What did he break? Uh, all time rookie scoring record or something like that in the yeah, playoff game. For a single game. Dad, don't disrespect that man. Keyword single game. I need consistency. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> don't disrespect sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, dog. Hey, man. Right, look, credit to Tyler for being sixth man of the year. Maybe in those bench stretches, he would have made a, a, a greater impact. But I feel as though when it came to this series, I think Eric Spolstra elected for defense over offense, right? And I think he realized, hey, we – we have to win off the back of our defense and have our defense essentially keep us in these games and hopefully we win playing our gritty style of basketball. That's the reason why we saw very limited runtime for guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero when he was able to play. And I think that that's the reason why Victor Oladipo eventually got so many of the minutes at that at that guard position. But, man, I, there are so many times I was watching this game, I'm like, man, only if the Heat had a guy like Damian Lillard or... All right, Only all if right. the Heat. No, really though, because this Heat team—they're a good team, man. They're really well coached. I feel like people have reached this point where I, I, the broadcasters made it a point to say, like, I guess people are getting tired of hearing Heat culture. I don't really see that as much. I don't. I don't see that on social media. I guess is where they're see, they're they're reflecting that from. But I don't see that I as know. much. I see it all the time. You do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whenever you talk about the Heat, oh man, that Heat culture. You know, that's why they're still so good. It's that heat coach. You could break it. They, you know how they talk about – it's like the Spurs, right? Where the Spurs were like – but you see the difference is the Spurs were going to the finals every year or like every other year winning championships. Yeah. But they, they were like, you know, anybody that the Spurs pick up, you know, they can be a good player. They can fit anybody into their system. And it's like Miami kind of gets the same treatment where it's like, man, yeah, if you come to Miami, you're going to get into that heat culture, you know. You're going to fit in. You're going to try hard. You're going you're gonna to play the best you can for that heat culture. And it's just like, bro, I mean, they went to the finals, like, one year and, and the first time in, like, what, almost 10? So it, well, I mean, when like, they, they it, went, it had been six years since they last were yeah, there. Okay. And then also, like, you know, I'm not going to say Mickey Mouse, but take well, Let's not do that. that. Everybody yeah. had a fair shot to get there. Let's not do that. I'm not saying anything. I'm just, I'm just saying all the teams, say. All the teams I'm had saying, an equal chance. All the teams had an equal chance to get say. there. No. Listen, bro, take it up with the people. Well, people talk just, out their ass. I'm telling you that right, right now. I'm saying, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying. But look, you know, people. 
the people I, of this I just hear I hear it in the streets. That's all I'm saying. Well, the streets is the streets is running wild, I'll tell you that much. But I think the heat culture thing, I think there is some substance to it. I think oh, sure. I think even though they're not getting to the finals like the Spurs were, I think that one of the things that people you can't overlook and people can get tired of it all they want, but the Heat's culture does matter because I don't think anybody and we've talked about this. Nobody was picking the Heat to win, to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone be one shot away from being there or being in the NBA Finals, rather. And did they? They beat. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Did they beat Philly? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I think that was okay. I'll I'll, I'll make a comment after you uh, after you finish up. Yeah, I don't. I think people. I think people had them losing to Philly. I think people had. Them, if you would have looked at the odds before that, before that series, people had them losing the Philly, and oh, yeah. I think that the Heat, for a team that when you look at it, nobody and I, we we will have this Jimmy Butler conversation. I do want to talk about Jimmy Butler. We we've had this before at a light to a lesser degree on the on here, but I want to expound upon it more because I do think it's an interesting thing to talk about, right? But I think that this Heat team, when you look at the sum of its parts, and people are saying. This isn't a team that should get to the NBA Finals, but they're one shot from being there, really. And let alone being in the Eastern Conference Finals when everybody thought Philly was going to get there with James Harden and Embiid. And I don't know. I feel as though that the Heat culture is a real thing, man. I don't necessarily... I can't even say that because then it's like you you look at undrafted guys like Struess. You look at a guy like you look at a guy like Duncan Robinson having him. You look at pickups like Kyle Lowry. You look at guys like Victor Oladipo, and they're solid pickups. But it's the fact that this team was still able. And I guess I don't know if this is one of those things where I, because we also noted during the game, this is why we didn't trust the Celtics, right? So I don't know if it's really good Heat or just bad Celtics, and. I struggle with myself with that because there was times that the Celtics were, they were getting those looks. I, I guess I can't even say it was bad. So they were just missing shots and they, they were, they were missing shots at a, at a, just an opportune time. And they he were able to, but then the Celtics also had some of these, mo- these moments where they were just getting turnovers by with charges and stuff. And I guess that's a bang, bang play. How you look at it. I don't know. I don't know. I guess, yeah. It it, right. it makes me go both ways. It makes me wishy-washy about both teams both ways. But the fact that the Heat have been are here, though, again, within a two-year span in the Eastern Conference Finals, I don't think anybody would have pegged that. So I think that they do deserve credit for that. But I think the Heat are just missing that guy that can Jimmy Butler be the best player on the finals team? I It hasn't been proven yet, but he has shown that he can get you there. Now all you need is another yeah. guy that can be consistent in helping Jimmy like and being another offensive guy that's also not a, a liability all the time on defense. That's what Jimmy Butler needs and he just hasn't had that help consistently in these moments, in the big moments, whether it was 2020 with the Lakers finals, whether it's this year against the Celtics. Jason Tatum had Jalen Brown and that's a big part of the reason why they got there. Jimmy Butler did yeah. not have that in the least bit. Yeah, Bam. Yeah, Bam, Bam did play well. I don't want to shortchange Bam, but I'm talking about Bam consistently. Did, he played great, actually. I, I take it a step further and say he played great. Bam, Bam did play really well, but the problem is it wasn't consistent. That's, that's the biggest word of it all, consistency. Bam, Bam, Bam played this game. 
but then he'll go he'll just disappear he'll disappear in other in other instances right and you'll be like well bam where's the aggressiveness where we talked about this previously about bam we all of a sudden will have him looking like he's the next coming of i don't know david robinson or somebody and then all of a sudden he just he just loses all offensive (laughs) like i don't know Uh, the first half the first quarter man he was missing bunnies yeah, he was missing some easy shots, and then you look at last game too. I mean, he has six points, right? It's like such a such a contrast. Yeah, he only had six points last game. Yeah, he got locked up last game. Yeah. Nah, nah thinking of the game before that. You're thinking of uh. No, he had six points. No, you're right. He did have six points. I'm bugging. I'm thinking of the game. The game they was what was game four? I mean, what was game five? Was that the blow? No. no. Oh, I'm thinking of the other game. The the, the ugly game. The the one oh two eighty two game? Uh no, the ninety three eighty. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll think of that game. He had third, he had uh, I think it was like he had double figures on that. Yeah, eighteen. I think he near Oh, okay, there you go for Yeah, eight or fifteen. Yeah. And it, it, that's the inconsistent like look at let's read Bam's Bam's totals here. Bam, game one, ten points, game two, six points, game three, thirty one points, game four, nine points, game five, eighteen points. Game six, six points. Game seven, 25. It's just, you can't depend on that. And that's my problem. But a guy like, I think someone like a Damian Lillard, a guy like Bradley Beal, a guy like, I think you can, you can consistently depend on those guys to at least give you 20 points a game. Yeah. And I think that's what this Heat team needs because they have, they have all the fixtures, man. Now you have the point guard who can, who's a savvy point guard who knows how to put people in positions to optimize the offense, as well as you have depth in terms of a guy like Tyler Hero and whomever else comes off that bench that can help produce. I guess Struess now in this case, and you yeah. have, you have guys that are able to help out on this team, but you just need that other consistent offensive option. Whether the means of how do you get that option might cause you to sacrifice some of that depth i don't know but i that i this is glaring that that's what this team needs you'd have to uh, you'd have to do that okay hear me out right pick up the phone you call philadelphia right and you say listen whatever it takes to get joel and be what we, what we gotta do here damn mm. zero some picks you definitely need you listen you can pick Mm. You know, we got a got an old team here. You know, in a few years, I mean, these picks, you know, these are pretty nice. You know, I'm just saying, you know, I'm offering here. Wow, you're going the Embiid route. I don't think they could do that though. But here's the problem with uh, with Damian Lillard, right? You now you have six foot point guard, a six three point guard who's bad on defense. And you have to give up your depth form, depth form, and picks, and it's just like, whew. I would honestly I, prefer Bradley Beal. I, I here's the problem: Bradley Beal don't want to go nowhere. <laughs> it makes no well, sense. I guess the, that's the that's the problem. Like he do, he doesn't want to leave Washington. I don't know. I don't know if he has a play uh, uh, a no trade clause. I imagine he does. And so it's like. Obviously, you know he's he's more of a loyal guy than he is a credit to him. A yeah, I'm trying to go get a championship, however however I can, guy. So 
So it's like, I don't know if he would waive his no trade clause to do it. And plus, the other problem is he has a he, trade quicker, trade kicker. He doesn't have a no trade clause, though. Okay. Um, he's technically the other problem he's is, a free agent after this upcoming season, too. So he's on a one year okay. expiring oh. deal. Okay. Yeah, actually, this season, okay. actually, this season is a player option. Oh, he's, he's going to accept it. The, uh, the, all right, so the other problem is making it. How much does he make? He's got to be in the 30s, right? This year, he's, he's going to make 36 million, 36.2, 36.4. All right. You have to find a matching. Like, all right, so you throw Duncan and who's 20, 20 something now, or really close to 20 mil. And it's like you have to scramble around to find another $13 million. Okay, let's see if we can probably, actually could, build the contract to you trade could, here. You would have to throw in Tyler. So you have to do a Duncan Tyler. Duncan is going to make 16 this year. And 16, then, Tyler's probably going to make six, seven. Tyler, so you're at 22. Yeah, go you got to make 14, $14 million you got to find. Do you think you can put Victor Oladipo in this trade? No, he only makes two million. Really, he only makes two million. Yeah, he's Tyler, only on a one-year deal, I think. Too. Tyler Hero would make five point seven this year. Yeah, bro, it's, I, that's the that's the problem with Miami. It's like they like it's great that they have like these guys, but then it's like when you try and like package a deal up, it's like you have to throw in Bam. Oh, man. But Bam, I think Bam got a did you get a five year. I think so. I confirm for you. So it's like you have to throw in Bam to make the trade. Yeah, Victor Oladipo only makes two million, two point three. Yeah, he took a he took um he took a proving deal, which I don't know if he did. Yeah, right now he definitely did. <laughs> and so. It's like that's why I was kind of like saying, like, oh, call up Miami and be like, "Hey, Joel and B, what can we do here?" Three team trade. I mean, that's that's the only. Oh, I mean, good. It's the only way. It I, seems mean, to work. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, you have to find a guy who's willing to. They have to find an expiring contract for fourteen million, which I mean, is out there. Is there a trade? I just, uh, I, you don't know who you who you're who you're looking who you're targeting. What about Zach Levine? Zach, Zach about to make a bunch of money. Yeah, but he he wants to. I don't know why, but he wants to get away from the Bulls. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the game you can throw Bam. That's the problem because the only the, all these scenarios for Miami, you have to keep for them to stay the team that they are. You have to keep Bam out of bio. And it's like that's why I said you have to trade for a big. Yeah, Zach Levine's actually a free agent this summer. Yeah, that's why. That's why I was confused. On. I thought you meant like a trade, a sign and trade. Sign and trade is what I was saying. Yeah, I mean, it's like you could just go after you could go after <laughs> Zach Levine straight out. Oops. Zach Levine getting thirty plus now. How much cap space did he have? I mean, you gotta remember Jimmy's on the max. They signed Kyle Lowry at twenty eight, or no, he's at thirty three, and you got Bam on a five year. The Heat and you have, got sixteen. The Heat have just a note, guys. I'm not necessarily the best 
in you know reading cap numbers. I have, it's the one area of NBA I have not studied it proficiently, but I believe from what I'm reading here, the Heat are going to be 18 million over the cap. Yeah, that's about right. Damn, man, that's tough, dude. Well, you can't. You, you, so you ask me, how can the Heat get better? Uh, Bam Adebayo turned into a superstar. Right. Yeah. Internal growth. That that's really. I mean, like you have to have you him and him and Tyler Taylor have to take a, a massive step. You also got to remember, Jimmy. Jimmy's what thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, how many how many years how many years does he have? That he can do, you know, what he just did. And Kyle Lowry, thirty six. You know, it's only it's only going downhill from from here. Yeah. So again, it, it's like, what do you? You got to have you got to have Tyler make that next step, and you got to have Bam uh, become David Robinson essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's really uh really it i mean there's no i mean you can you can go out and and you know get some like you can maybe find a guy who is a steal of a trade you know like that guy and a guy who's making like six seven mil who like fits your fits your team perfectly kind of guys and you know maybe maybe hit on a draft pick like how the golden state warriors have keep on looney coming to make you know an impact you know, maybe you find a guy in the draft who comes in and makes that kind of impact that you need. You know, maybe like an offensive smart guy off the bench that can play along Tyler Hero. And that'll alleviate Jimmy Butler at times. You know, kind of kind of scoring wings, I guess, is what you're looking for. Yeah. But outside of that. The it, two we, you need the two-way wing that you don't get stuck into a same predicament that you were in this year, right? Because I think... You would, but I think that you need. I mean, because that's what that was part of the issue that we were just noting with Damian Lillard is that he's a six foot point guard that is a defensive liability, but he offsets that with such great offensive play. And I think that for Tyler Hero, man, is it really is contingent on him making that next jump if he wants to be in that class of guys that he claimed himself to be in. He's going to have to take that step because I just don't see it coming from Kyle or from Victor or whomever else. Like you said, Kyle's on the on the downside of that prime. And Victor mm-hmm. Victor is... Victor looked lost. Yeah. <laughs> Victor's I'm, offense. I'm, gonna fit, I'm just going to fix what you're trying to say. Man, look washed. Yeah, man. He, he ran into the Monstars and they took his offensive abilities. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to be like... I mean, let's be real here. I mean, that, he had couple he has a major injury and it just just you know kind of how much do you think kinda, that played a part in this the injuries of of, of the, the heat in general because a lot of these guys seem to be dinged up as it was also coming into this i mean that's what happens when you get old yeah <laughs> yeah that's the problem with teams when they get old is you you just run into injury issue injury issue injury issue and it's like what do you think next year Kyle Lowry is going to be more healthy than he is this year? You think Jimmy's not going to have the aches and pains he has he has this year? It's just like yeah, those things happen when you get on the wrong side of thirty. Like LeBron, a, a an anomaly. Don't don't take LeBron or Chris Paul for like 
the oh this is what the average guy ages like because that's, it's not yeah. we're watching it we watch watch we talked you talked about this before with Kevin Durant we're watching it with James Harden these guys getting 34 33 34 and all of a sudden you know we're watching them you know they're they're having more injuries the longer the season goes into the season we saw James Harden just kind of oh I, I, James Harden just fell apart but I want to come back to it in a, uh, in a little bit uh, to talk about a point you made. These guys are, you know, hitting their, hitting these ages where it's like, yeah, you know, these guys are starting to learn to slow down. All the, all that wear and tear on their bodies is starting to catch up. Okay, hit your, hit your James Harden point real quick because I want to, I also, I want to then jump into the Jimmy Butler shot. I don't want to forget about his shot and then talk about him as a player overall. But yeah, go, what were you going to say about James Harden? Um, so, well, it's more about Philly than it is James Harden. But, the so your point is uh, um nobody pegged the heat the heat to be here but I don't here's the thing I think more people would say like the heat and this is gonna I sound like I'm taking it away from the heat that Philly collapsed more than the Heat won their series because I don't know what and it's not like I don't know what happened to James Harden. And like some people can see, oh boy, the Heat defense was James Harden looked like he didn't want to play basketball at times. Like James Harden was just non-aggressive in multiple games. Like before Embiid came back, you could have. I would never guess James Harden was a first ballot Hall of Famer. I would have thought he's just some like Tobias Harris kind of guy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. And so, like, I, that's why I, I say, like, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an accomplishment to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. But at the same time, it's like, if you went back and looked at that, and if you look, go back and look at history, I think people are going to look at it and be like, how did Philly lose this series? More so than they're going to be like, oh, Miami just, just was a better team. Kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, maybe it's unfair, but I mean that's just how I think that's just how people are going to look at it. And even even and it's like going going into next year. I'm curious. You have a healthy, you'll have a healthy, ideally healthy Milwaukee team. You'll still have a young Celtics team. You still have Philly. You have an up and coming. You have up and coming. A Cleveland team that barely missed the playoffs and are, are young and getting getting Colin Sexton back. I'm trying to think who am I forgetting? The Hawks, Atlanta. the Hornets. Atlanta's hitting this. Just like you never know what the, I don't know. You just never know what you're going to get with them. 
I'm not, I don't know if I'm comfortable enough to be like, oh, Atlanta's going to be there. Yeah. But it's like you got these up and coming teams and, you know, old guards are still going to be there. It's like, do, do I, do I look at those and I'm like, my name's better than those teams? Not really. Yeah. It's like in, in even I said, even this year, it's like, do I look at them and think, oh, Miami's a better team than those teams? No, not really. So it's like, you're going to be a year older next year. And I'm I'm gonna take a while. I guess there's not gonna be too much that they're gonna do in free agent. I mean, maybe they make a move, but barring they they don't make a move, I just don't I don't look at this team and I'm like, yeah, they they can they can fix this. They can be back in the Eastern Conference Finals again. Yeah, I think a barring lot of me. I think a lot of this team's a lot of this team's what's the I say value is in the term is in the fact that they they're a team that's grown together to some degree and they filled in. Yeah pieces that have that have supplemented a lot of what they already did well like adding a guy like pj tucker that was a good addition in the offseason but interestingly enough i mean pj didn't really play in the second half i don't know if you noticed that he did not play that much in the second half like you said he was playing awful on offense he was awful yeah i mean and it's like a game where you're trying to find any kind of spark, I'm not. I'm not too surprised. I mean, because um, who played Struess and and Gabe Vincent? Uh, uh, they were giving you, uh, I feel like, more value when they were in the, were on the court than than PJ Tucker. And then uh, PJ Tucker, it's not too, I mean, he was playing good defense, but he wasn't like he, he wasn't what you were like the typical man. PJ just out there being a dog, like that kind of defense. It was just like hey, he's playing, he's playing, he's playing good on defense. So it's like I, I feel like you, you were just trying to find something that kind of clicked the Miami offenses, as opposed to, hey Jimmy, here's the ball, go make something work. Yeah. A lot of his but minutes also, went to Victor. Thirty, well, you know that one. But dude, PJ is also like 30, 36, 37. The older dude. And so, yeah, this is an old team. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's tough. They need they need some of that young talent to really start hitting, man, because it's one of the reasons why the Warriors have been able to be here for so long. And yeah. granted, it's not like the Warriors' main guys are super old, but you can see the drop-off happening. But now they're being yeah. supplemented by their young talent. And it's one of those things that this is where you really appreciate how good Golden State is. And as good as the Heat's organization is, man, it's just – Golden State is just a gap between Golden State and everybody else, man. I don't whether it's a testament to how good their core guys really are and how they've been able to make it last this long that Golden State was able to then have time to build out and develop these young guys that they could actually perform alongside Steph, Clay, and Draymond. But yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a it's a unique experience in the NBA, to say the least. But it, it does it does provide more substance for me to go into the shot about Jimmy Butler's his decision to take that shot. And he defended it again in the post game press conference. And when I look at the shot, they're in a situation where they were down two, and he essentially went for a kill shot to try and you know try and end the game. And it would it's a shot that would have given them the lead. At the time of when he took it, and I believe the score is ninety six ninety eight, with about yeah, with about fifteen seconds left or so, and yeah. he he takes that. No, he, that was how many? 
it was it was definitely more. I definitely feel like it was more time. It was it was more time. It was more time at the time when he missed it, and then they they fouled the Celtics. It was like fourteen seconds left, I think. Oh, but he he essentially he gets the ball. They get it off a fast break, off of a miss, and Kyle Lowry's telling him push it, push it, push it. And this is where I'm like, okay, yeah. See, it was more of an emphasis in the second half for them to push all those fast break moments in the latter half of the game. And he's pushing it, and he has Al Horford reeling. Al Horford is coming back. He's he's backpedaling on his on his back legs, and you hear the debate about people saying, "Well, should Jimmy have attacked Al Horford in that scenario?" And I, for me personally, and what he ends up for those who don't know, what he ends up doing is he takes a pull up three right there, and he tries to go for the kill shot to win the game, and it it hits off the front rim, and then the Celtics get the ball and they 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 get fouled, and yeah. it's, one, it's one of those situations where I felt like. Judging by the situation, and you and you added context is needed here because Jimmy Butler had played every minute of this game, and he hadn't come out, and he was playing every single second. I mean, this is where Eric Spoelstra was like, "We got to ride our star guy to the end here," and they needed every minute that they got from him because he was really the only offensive threat that was consistently able to put pressure on this defense, and when you when he takes that when he takes that three, now mind you. Jimmy Butler ain't no three-point shooter, man. And in this series in and of itself, Jimmy Butler, in terms of what he's done from three, he's shooting 29.2% from three in this series. So it's 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 almost the opposite of knockdown. (laughs) Uh, Russell Westbrook numbers right there, baby. Yeah, so that is Russell Westbrook numbers right there. And he was was just not hitting his three-point shot. And it's... Even in the postseason, Jimmy Butler is a career 34.4% three-point shooter. And I think it's one of those things that I think people look at that shot. If that's Steph Curry taking that shot, or even not even Steph Curry, if that's Paul George taking that shot, or well, maybe not Paul George. But well, if, if, if that's... somebody's above 30% taking that shot. Yeah, if somebody's above 30% shooting threes taking that shot, people are probably like, okay, we live with that shot. But because of the fact it's not Jimmy Butler's forte, that shot is now being pulled into question. I just feel like he had the mentality that he probably was gassed, to be real. He probably was washed out of energy. He was in a situation where he didn't want to put the game in the hands of the refs, too, because people are saying, go and attack Al Horford there. But Al Horford is a sound defender, man. He's a veteran. He he knows how to play defense without fouling. And granted, yeah, I know Task Jimmy. Ma- you said Taskmaster? I said ask not truth how he is about going, uh, going at Al Horford at the rim. <laughs> yeah, Al Horford sent him, denied him right back. But there's no, there's no, because if Jimmy Butler attacks him there and gets blocked, people are going to say, why didn't he just pull up for an open three, right? And I don't think anybody's going to be honest. Hey, I'll be real with you. I don't think anybody's ever going to say, man, why didn't Jimmy Butler just take the three? But I will say, I, I will say, people will say, why, why didn't he just pull up and take the take the jumper? Exactly. The like beat those shots. Exactly, and it's one of those things that I'm just like, man, I feel like he's damned if he does that. The only scenario where Jimmy Butler wins there if he just converts a shot, I felt like. and Yeah, and I felt like it was one of those things that he he was so tired. He didn't want to, he didn't want to go, the game to go into overtime, and you also don't want to just barrel into Al Horford and hope the refs call something because that's a lot of what Jimmy Butler was doing late in the game, and he wasn't getting the calls. So I can understand maybe his mindset saying, hey, I'm going to try and end this and if a Jimmy Butler hits that shot, I, this, the man's a Miami hero. <laughs> like, 
If Jimmy hit that shot, I didn't care at that point. Yeah, I, I, bro, and when that when because I I saw it and I was like, yo, Jimmy's gonna pull this. I was like, hundred percent, he's pulling this. And uh, he pulled it. I, I kind of I kind of got up a little bit. I was like, Jimmy, Jimmy, he missed it, but it was like, hey man, was, that's one of, that's one of the moments you live for when you watch basketball. Though. It was like, man, yeah, here, here's here's a game on the line. You're super, you know, you got your star. Pulling up from you know running the break, don't get me wrong. You, you could see the fear in uh, in Al Horford's eye, even on TV. You could you could see the eyes widening as he sees Jimmy Butler just charging at him. Yeah, and he, he gives him so much space. He did. That it's like it's like man. I, I yeah, I agree with you. Like Jimmy's an awful three point shooter. Anytime Jimmy like lines up a three, I'm just like, well, go ahead and just start going the other way. <laughs> and even at that point, I was like, I love the shot. I'm you know, I'm real. The more I think about it, I love the shot. I, yeah, it's not it's not the ideal person taking the shot, but it's like, yeah, like you said, Jimmy Butler was gassed at that point. I mean, he he, he put twenty four up at, at halftime, I think. Yeah, he did, and he scored eleven in the whole second round. Dude's gas. He was not trying to go to overtime. Go ahead. He's like, I'm not playing. I'm not playing for overtime. Either we we go on this shot or we go home. And I can respect it. I I can respect the hell out of you, really. Yeah. I think that's awareness, knowing like this team is just better. Like they're they have more dogs to go to, especially in a, in another five minutes of, of of gameplay time. And I think he just realized, man, I don't have the legs here. I just don't. And I've always on the second half, I had to put the, my trust in Victor Oladipo, <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Now I'll just pull this shot, man. It's a tough one too because it's weird because Al the the angle of it man like Al's I can see where Jimmy maybe can get a beat to the basket here and on the on the opposite side Jalen Brown is there though and I don't I don't think people talk about that enough like Jalen Brown is on the weak side on the weak side of the floor and he's guard I mean he was he was gonna help let's let's be real Victor Oladipo was the guy running to the corner ain't no shot I'm not doubling Jimmy. <laughs> Off of Victor Oladipo, yeah. ain't no shot. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll go out on Victor oh, Oladipo hitting the shot. I as can't help on Jimmy Butler. Victor's right here. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that in the meeting and film. <laughs> like, we know that would be the shot Victor hits though. That would be it right there. It, and it, it would be the shot that then frames yeah. Jalen Brown as the. Why did you help off of Victor Oladipo? You know, <laughs> dude is a horrific shooter, and I can get where people are coming from, man. Because out. Granted, Al, but Al Horford is like setting up into good defensive position, man. It's like I'm watching the play over and over again, and I don't know. I don't think. I mean, I guess he's a big. So I guess this is where people debate whether you attack a big, force him to move his feet, and see if he can do whatever. But I think you lose it. You lose that moment. Like this is such a minute to a second to second decision, right? And it's so easy for us. Like I'm right now. I'm analyzing the play. I'm watching Al Horford's feet and stuff. It's just so easy to be able to analyze in hindsight. But in the moment, like when Jimmy's pulling up, all he sees is a guy backpedaling. He sees Jalen Brown on the opposite wing from him on the weak side, going against Victor Ola, or guarding Victor Oladipo. And Jalen Brown, mind you, is already sinking into the, into the paint at the time of when Jimmy is approaching the court. Jalen Brown's running towards the painted area. And, it's a tough What's one. I, I don't think people would be too upset. Like, I don't think people are upset about the shot. I'm going to be real. 
uh, I don't think anybody's going to go on TV today and slander Jimmy for taking the shot. I think mo- what most people will end up saying is, okay, why don't you just take a mid-range as opposed to pulling up for three? I think that would be the that would be the that would be the main the main thing people will say. But even the mid-range wouldn't make sense because then he's if he's dribbling up to mid-range, he's pulling right up into our Horford's contest. This three but the idea is we're gonna still gonna gonna um. He's still going to retreat because Jimmy's moving closer into the basket. So he's like, "Oh, Jimmy's going to attack me." Yeah. No, I get. I, so. I, yeah. yeah, you stop him. You stop him full, as opposed to, you know, just fully going into him. No, I get it. It's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting scenario. I'll say the least. But I loved it. I loved it too. I think it was a. I think it was a good shot. I think he just missed it, man. I just it's one of those tough, <laughs> t- tough balls that don't fall your way. Yeah, this is exactly yeah. how I feel. It just happens. But <laughs> you know, not going to go 100% on those. Exactly. But I do want to talk about the let's let's talk about the Celtics now cuz we've done a lot of talking about the Heat. Let's talk about the Celtics. They're the ones who won the game. And I, how are you feeling about the Celtics now going into the finals with them being the matchup for the Warriors? You know, uh I think the Warriors are going to win. I, think, I don't know if I said this consistently, but I'm pretty sure I picked the Warriors. Uh, this was the best team I felt like to play the Warriors. Same. And for the same reason, who are we we talking about? I forgot who we were talking about. But we were saying, like, how, all right, you you have Marcus, so Steph's going to have Marcus Smart checking, probably. So, like, all right, you call a switch. I mean, you call for a pick to get, to get Marcus Smart off of you. Or you run off the screen. Now you got Jalen Brown chasing you. Then you get off the screen. You know, you come off another screen. Now you switched on to Jaylen, uh, Jason Tatum. And it's just like, man, can I get a break somewhere? And it's just, you know, it's just like that, that, that like level of who are you going to attack? Yeah. Kind of, kind of thing. And it's like they're all, you have Marcus Smart 6'4 with, I think, like a 6'10 wingspan or 7 foot wingspan. Jalen Brown is six seven, athletic as anything, and strong. Jason Tatum six six eight six nine, long. Al Horford, good defender. Robert uh, Robert Williams, good rim protector. And it's just like, it's just so much energy and effort you have to expand on 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 offense just to get get open and get good shots against them. And so that's why I felt like they were the better team as opposed to. You can attack Kyle Lowry. You know, you can get Kyle Lowry to run around. You can get, you know, he's a little bit older. You know, energy's not going to, the legs ain't going to be there. You can get, you can, you can attack Struess. You can attack Vincent. You can attack Tyler. And especially since he's injured, too. You can attack Duncan if he ever, ever, ever even kind of gets considered to touch the floor. Yeah. So it's like, I, it was just, and then on offense, it's not just, hey, Jimmy, go, go bail us out. You know, it's, it's more so, it's got, you got Jalen Brown, you got Jason Tatum, you have Marcus, I can occasionally hit a shot smart. You have Grant Williams shooting, you have Derek White, you have offensive weapons. Yeah. Uh, the problem I end up happening, uh, which is, I think the biggest knock on, on Jason Tatum is that Jason Tatum gets in these moments, he just takes an awesome shot. And that's part of the reason why Miami was able to come back is just because him and Jalen Brown were just trading who could take the worst shot uh, for a stretch there. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it was. It, they do get into that mode where you can tell Jason Tatum's favorite player is Kobe Bryant. You, you, yeah, it, I, I, I'll, you can definitely tell who he, who he drew inspiration from. Yeah, because he does. He, he ends up taking a lot of those Kobe esque shots, and he's just he's not the shot maker that Kobe is. And yeah, it's one of those things that I I do. I think that it's it's one of Boston's strengths, but also one of their greatest weaknesses. I think yeah. Boston having two guys that can hit tough shots, that can create offense, and get you a look. That's the thing. It's always about getting a look at the rim. Like, can you get a good look? And I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown normally can get good looks, more so even Jason Tatum than Jalen. But mm-hmm. the, the problem is it's not in when you're resorting to that when it's not necessary. And yeah. You know, they a lot of times when you're resorting to that, that's normally after your initial play has broken down, and now you have maybe about six seconds left on the clock to create something. Then I'm not as mad at that look, at that shot you're taking, because it's kind of your play, your offensive set has broken down. The defense has essentially locked that down. Now what do you do? That's when superstars save your possessions like that. But yeah, when it's when it's 18 seconds on the shot clock and. You're taking a shot like that. I got that's that's just not no shot. There's no there's no reason for my, that. My man Jalen Jason Tatum will come down, look at two people guarding him, take a side step and then launch it. And it's just like, whoa, all right, buddy, let's uh <laughs> call a timeout. It's a little headstrong. That's that's not what we're trying to do out here. Exactly right. Like it's like, man, that's very that's that's a lot. <laughs> it's a that's yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where he's still young. Like, like shot selection to me is one of those things that come like way later in your career. Like, I'm, I'm like to me, like twenty seven, like twenty eight is where you like really develop that good shot selection. I think the only player and, who, from the get go, I've I've always felt like had good shot selection was Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant has always been um, him and him and Dwayne Wade. I've yeah. always felt like Dwayne Wade until. Uh, with a good, just a good mind of where to get his shots at. Even Steph, honestly, too. He enters the league, and he pretty much, like, if you go back and watch, he's pretty much taken the shots he takes now. Yeah. Like, after they traded, uh, after they traded Monte Ellis, like, he balled out the second half of that season. Yeah. Yeah. I so think. It's like, you know, some, some guys do come into, but I know you realize that all those guys are like, you know, some of the most elite scorers that ever touched the basketball. Some of the smartest players to ever literally play the game. So it's a lot easier when they come in the league and they like already know what their kind of their kind of skill is and how to utilize it. Oh boy! And Jason Tatum. I mean, the, one of the knocks, one of the knocks when he came into the league was a he couldn't with his three point shot, which he clearly overcame. And then his second biggest thing was he takes he takes bad shots. And I feel like he is getting better at it, but it's just like time. And it comes through in the playoffs where, you know, defense kind of, kind of the game kind of slows down. Defense get a little tighter. They, uh, they can study film on you and what you're trying to do. And you see him a lot, a lot, just, just, just take bad shots. And it's like, sometimes it works because you see him go off for like 30 plus. And then you have nights where it's like this, where you shoot nine to 21. Yeah. Yeah. That's facts. And, I think that this team, and one thing I, I forgot to even bring up, dude, 
this team, man, it, it's one of those things that I don't ever feel like I'm like we we say so many times that we watch Boston. Granted, yeah, there were blowouts in this series that it showed that Boston was such a more talented, talented, superior team, right? But then when it comes to the close games, I'm like, man, that talent superiority is not shining through, and yeah, it's like more so they're trying to escape with a win, right? Like rather than they are playing. They're they're deserving of a win because they're playing for it. It's like they're escaping with it. I I generally feel like they escaped Miami with a win. They that game just did not reassure me of Boston in the least bit. And then consider the fact that technically Max Struess had a three point shot wiped away in hindsight. Oh yeah, he did. And that that is a big play in the game. That when you look at the end the end result. That plays a big role in how things turned out, man. And I, I, I what are your quick thoughts on that? I, I want to know what you think because that it was weird because I, I, I looked at the review that they showed on television and his heel looked like it was above the line. I don't know. I, I can't tell if he stepped on it at one point or not, but I think he might have stepped on it and then his heel was above the line. I can't tell for sure. But they, they retroactively went back and changed that after deeming it a successful three. I, I don't yeah, know. Well, I don't know. What do you think? I love it. Whatever it takes to get the the right call. They so so what I think happened is they 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 probably marked it as a we'll go back and look at it, review it later, and they don't have like they have no way of like they don't announce it or anything like that. It's probably between like they throw up a hand sign to go check it, and then they went back and checked it, and then retroactively took it away. But so the problem is like I don't think too much of it. Because that took, I think that put the lead from like nine to twelve, or something like that. And I think Boston was shooting free throws, so put the lead at fourteen. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think too much. Of it. I just like the fact that they that they went back and actually checked and, and retroactively made the right call. So listen, one thing I care about the most is making sure the right call happens. I agree with you. I agree with you that I want the right calls being made, and I I want the most accurate outcomes of the games. My only problem is, I guess I wasn't entirely sure if he had stepped out. I w- I yeah. was not fully sure based on the angle that I saw that he stepped out, and I I guess if they they felt they watched it from multiple angles to see that he stepped out, I guess then that that's fine. But it just in a yeah. situation, I, 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 I guess is they didn't they did you don't want to call it out at that moment because then you can't go back and review it. Yeah. So. You call it. You call the make, and then go back and review it. Yeah. Cause it it just it's tough, man. In the situation where Miami loses by three. Yeah. Or but again, it's one of those things that happened. So it happened so. Four. It was like way way into the quarter. It wasn't like like you know like if it was like near the end of the game, it'd be like ooh. See, that's the thing. All man. those points still matter the same though. But it's like you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, oh, they lost by three, that three, blah blah blah. It's like it's one of those things. Yeah, maybe, maybe things go a little differently. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe they go on a run or something off of it. Uh, who knows? But at the same time, it's like I mean, you can't be gay. Listen, they always say you can't, you can't put the game in the ref's hands. That's the, that's the, that's true. I mean, that's one of those things that you just can't have happen. It's just tough because it's like. I man, I understand if you're if you're Eric Spolstra or you're somebody on that Miami team and you know you had three points wiped off and then you essentially had a situation where Jimmy could have taken a three to win the game, or he did take a three to win the game and it didn't go. 
you wonder. I mean, granted, the game could play on entirely differently from that point on. So who knows? But yeah, who knows? But, and again, kind of um, again, it's like I mean, either way, that the league gets waved off because, like I said, you wave it off then and you never review it, or you or you do what just happened. And like, because I mean, it could have been like they could have looked at it and been like, oh, never mind. You know, he did make it, whatever. We're not gonna we're not gonna worry about it. But it's like it, you. you you at least have that opportunity as opposed yeah. to like just being up dead. No, that's true. I, I, okay. So I'm going back to the Celtics. I just, I wanted to make that quick point, but going back to the Celtics, I do want to say that I felt like a lot of the mistakes and the mishaps that the Celtics made in this game, if it was against the Warriors, they're getting killed. They're getting punished by oh, it, yeah. you know? And that, that's the thing about the Celtics for me is just that against a better offensive team, they're going to make you pay for all, a lot of these mistakes. Even I felt this way in the Bucs series. There were so many times in the Bucs series, I'm like, man, it's a very similar situation where I was like, man, if Giannis literally had Chris Middleton, these it, it wouldn't even be this scenario. I, I, I thought of this way later, and I realized I didn't think about it. How Because they didn't play with Robert Williams pretty much the whole series. I think he played like maybe one game. And it's like, you know, we talk about Chris Middleton being out, but, I mean, this is a guy who was a defensive player of the year candidate, and he didn't play at all against Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's like, you know, how how different does that series play out if he has to go against Robert all, I, all I, series? I get what you're saying, but unless you're saying that Robert is all of a sudden the Giannis stopper, I'm not going to credit Rob, no. Robert to really but make that like, huge of a difference against Giannis, who's dominated anybody he's gone up against. Struggling. Again, you know, he, he's struggling that series offensively. It wasn't like Giannis was, was playing like typical Giannis is. Like, Giannis, I'm going to score 30 on 60% shooting Giannis. Like, we saw Giannis have, it was like, what, like 7 of 24 or something like that in game one, and we were like, oh, we were like, oh, Giannis will never do that again. And then he, like, had a couple games like that. Yeah, It was I- just like, wow, Giannis really getting, having a hard time scoring right now. Yeah, I, but here's the thing, though. That's my only problem, though. I get that, and I agree. I think Giannis struggled more than he normally does in this series. I mean, he still averaged 33 points on 45% shooting. Oh. Granted, but that's a far cry from what Giannis normally does. Giannis is normally like high 50s, 60s area. So, yeah, the Celtics did a great job on him. But I also feel like a lot of that can contends with the fact that Chris Middleton wasn't there. A lot of that spacing yeah. and stuff that they have with Chris Middleton there, and a lot of the responsibility for creating late-game offense fell on Giannis. And I felt like, at times, Giannis was forcing the issue in situations because he was like, you know, I don't have Chris here. Drew can only give me so much, is only giving me so much. And then outside of Drew, then it's like, okay, it's really just me. And I felt as though he was trying to compensate for so much of that. And... I credit him because, I mean, outside of him, what? Outside of him and Drew Holiday, then you, what, your next guy is Pat Connaughton, who was actually effective in this series? Bobby, I'm balling out against the Celtics Portis. The disrespect of this man. What you mean? The disrespect of Bobby Portis. I'm not, I'm not disrespecting Bobby Portis, man. God, disrespect Bobby this Port- man. Bobby Portis averaged 10 points on 40, 39.4% shooting. I'm not disrespecting oh. Bobby <laughs> I'm not disrespecting Bobby Portis, trust me. Also, you know, that's a that's a very misleading it's a big thirty nine percent. Okay. Shot twenty two point <laughs> he shot twenty two point seven percent from three. Okay. <laughs> it's a very again, misleading twenty two percent. 
let's just say if Chris Middleton was there and he takes Bobby Portis' minutes, this series looks a lot different, man. I'm just saying. Uh, all I'm saying is the disrespect to Brooke Lopez and and Bobby Portis. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. I Trust me. I am not disrespecting nobody. I'm just acknowledging the fact that, look, Giannis needed the, – the main guy outside of Drew Holiday that showed up, that even played above his level, was Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton shot over 50% from the field and over 40 from three. He showed up. Brooke Lopez, he shot point seven. Oh my gosh, he shot. He's. How do I even read this stat? He shot point zero seven seven percent from three. That means he shot seventy seven percent from three. No, he did not. It is point zero seven seven. Yeah, he shot seven percent from three. It's a little struggle. It's a little, a little. Hey, listen, that's on Giannis not getting him shot. The shot sure. he needs. Sure, <laughs> that's on Giannis. Okay. <laughs> That's how we're framing that one. The, so listen, essentially, that's, that's, that's not. Hey, listen, you gotta put in the, you gotta put it in the pocket. Sure, <laughs> sure, man. These guys the pocket, didn't. These, the, the pocket I, pass, bro. I'm not trying to get too far away from my main point, but my main point is just the fact that a lot of these guys, when it came down to the fact that they just needed that other guy, and I felt like the Celtics were right there from being eliminated. The Celtics team, granted, yeah, I think they they're got, they've gotten better maybe as they played along in these playoffs, and I think they probably are the most talented team of the options, considering a lot of these guys were hurt outside of what would happen in Brooklyn. But I think if Giannis has Chris Middleton, they knock the Celtics off. I think if Jimmy, well, I mean, I have a save that with the case with if if anybody else even remotely helps Jimmy Butler, they win the series. So the Celtics team, I think they're the best matchup i guess for the warriors but at the same time i'm not necessarily all that confident in them to perform so against the warriors what'd you say yeah i mean we're, we're going a long way about saying this but we're picking the warriors essentially yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we could have summed this up but yeah we're picking the warriors <laughs> and I, mean, I don't think it's gonna be blowout uh but I, it's just one of those things. I'm tr- I'm trying to give the Celtics some credit here, right? I'm I'm not trying to just deprive them of their credit, but the problem is, is this that they I I'm looking for what have I guess they they what they okay I will say this the Celtics star players have shown me though that they do recognize game situations from I guess from what you could say Jason Tatum was was well aware of the fact that when he was getting double teamed he was getting trapped. He he knew how to maneuver and how to play make out of those situations. I like that seeing that from him. He also yeah. re- realized late game. Hey, look, we're not about to run this offense through Marcus Smart. He he had the ball majority of the time, and they got good looks. And I like the fact that yeah. Jason Tatum is coming into his own as that type of superstar, realizing that because it's so important for such a young player to realize, hey. Your only responsibility as a superstar is not just to score or to be a defender as well. You have to create opportunities for other guys. And I think Jason Tatum especially can do that against the Warriors. I think that most likely his defensive matchup will be Andrew Wiggins, right? And I think Jason Tatum, and the dude's a walking bucket. He can get a bucket on anybody. But I think that him him realizing of how he can affect the game in other areas, I think that's that's it's going to be very telling in this Warriors series. I think I need to see more 30, 38 and eight games from Jason Tatum in this series. All right, well I don't think he's going to give you that, but I don't, you got to remember until coming into this series, coming into this game seven, he was like, what did he have? He had thirty one assists to thirty three turnovers, I think. Yeah. So. I mean, you know, while while it's getting better, it's still uh, it's still it's still, yeah, 
still, still, still a long way off. Yeah, I mean, it's true. You know, hope one day uh, Jalen Brown uh, also realizes, hey, I can pass the ball. Jalen, Jason Tatum, man, he's like right there, dude. He had twenty for the series. He averaged twenty-five points, eight rebounds, five and a five and a half assists. You just need to get that assist number up. I'm talking about Jalen Brown. Oh well, I was talking about Jason Tatum from when we, I said. I know, I, I know. I'm saying, I'm saying, once if Jason Jalen's taking that step, not Jason taking that step, man. Now, if only if only Jalen realizes that you know you can pass the ball, it'd be be fantastic. I mean, you have two guys who play make off the off the wing you know i think we talked about a while back how the yeah we talked about when uh, mark smart got blocked we were talking about how they just don't have they just need they don't have a true point guard and they don't have a guy who can like bring the ball up and set everybody point guard, i hate that word they don't have a guy who can just set up, who can help set up and get easy looks for people yeah. and it's like all right if you're not going to have that your your best two wings have to, if they're going to have the ball in their hands, they have to be able to play make. And we're watching Jason Tatum. He's getting better at it. He still has ways to go. But you can at least see the growth in it happening. And then you have, like, Jalen Brown, who through six games has 15 assists and, nine, and 19 turnovers. It's like, uh, that's not, that's not going to get it done. That's bad. You know? Oh, gosh. Jalen Brown for the series, 21 assists, 23 turnovers. What they call? You the anti Chris Paul? <laughs> you can make that case. He's a, is he the 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 negative negative well, the turnover ratio? Guy? Well, technically, if he was going to be the negative Chris Paul, he would have forty six turnovers for twenty one assists. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, hey, listen, I'm not putting it, I'm not putting it past them in this next series. That's all I'm saying. Golden State is active defensively, man. I. Uh, if there was a guy get who could get fifty turnovers to like twenty five assists, hey, listen, I'm I'm not saying Jalen Brown would be that guy, but hey, <laughs> you are kind of saying Jalen Brown could be that guy. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, he can play make and prove me wrong. That's all I'm saying. This is true. This is true. I think that for the Celtics, I think one big thing that's going to be huge for the Celtics is utilizing their size against this Warriors team because the Warriors are still, even though like Very they. Small. Yeah, they're a very small team, and I think that you can you can take advantage of that, especially when they have the lineups where what? they have a small lineup in Steph, Clay, Poole, Wiggins, and Draymond. Yeah, I was gonna say because you're not you're not getting no rebounds with uh, Kevon, Dennis Rodman, Looney on the court. That's true. Yeah, I, I, and I wonder if how the chess match works with keeping Robert Williams out on the court, and when maybe when Kevon is out there, or maybe. Because Robert Williams, I feel like he's out there to – he played a lot less in this last game against the Heat than I thought he yeah. would. And I'm wondering, I'm like, hmm, was that more of just an we're going to go offensive decision here? Or is this Al Horford just more of the savvy high basketball IQ guy on offensive situations? But, I mean, he wasn't bad defensively either, though. And You know, I'm, all I'm going to say is the games where Robert Williams didn't play a game, everybody had a good game. Just throwing it out there. That is true. It is interesting. But there is no BAM for this Warriors team. So I, now I wonder how how is the defensive approach for the Celtics now where much of your much of your danger is on the wing, right? And granted you yeah, still you still need a post presence to stop cuz this is the most 
this is the Warriors. This iteration of the Warriors is the most downhill version that we've gotten of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think ever in this run. This is the most downhill version that we've gotten. And I think that having a paint presence is important, but I don't think it's as important as it was against the Heat, who are more bound from shooting outside. Yeah. Listen, Steph, I know you're listening. Please, bro. We've been we've been talking about you for years. Begging you, we, we've talked about it. We've run circles around it. This is your time. If Steph doesn't win a Finals MVP now, I, I give up. I give up. That it is your time. We have talked about you, hyped you up, talked about how you've been robbed, everything. Now you do not let Jordan Poole outplay you. <laughs> oh goodness, man! No, don't let Jordan Poole do it. Oh gosh, that would be horrific, bro. You saw? I don't know if you saw. He shot like oh gosh. I think he had like seventy nine percent true shooting percentage in the in the conference finals. Jordan Poole? Something like that. He's it was like absurdly high. And it was the most efficient uh Eastern Conference Finals on fifth on plus fifteen percent uh, Western. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no no no. Fifteen points or high fifteen points or higher was the most efficient uh score of all time. <laughs> oh Steph, please. <laughs> Like, the, the, like you know the crazy thing is when we watch and we're always like every time we watch and we're like man Jordan Poole playing out of control and then we, we look at the stats he just he's balled out and it's like bro what yeah it's weird it's so weird I pray this doesn't be this isn't one of those series where Jordan Poole is like he's so good statistically but like at the same time Steph nah, is bro. he Steph, just dropped for like two games you said he gets, he gets like, hot for two games? If he just erupts for like 30 and two in like two of the games, I'm going to say it's a wrap. Oh, man. Don't tell me that, bro. If, bro, if he goes off for like 30 plus on like, I mean, just godly shooting, there's just no way he doesn't. This is it. actually Jordan Poole in the Western yeah, Conference he, Finals shot 63.6% from the field, 40% from yeah. three, and he yeah. 100% from the free throw line. Yeah, like it, it's a stupidly high true shooting true, true percentage. Sixteen point four points per game. Yeah, he was bomb. Like, eh. I I just don't want it to be one of those situations where Steph is like getting double teamed at half court. He, it's like so much of their offense is created from Steph, but the, he's not necessarily directly influencing it with the ball. But then. Yeah. Other people are feeding off of that, and then it's like, oh well, this guy bought out, so he does. It's like, bruh, but Steph is the reason, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's tough to like. Steph isn't gonna get the conventional assist like LeBron because he's does he's. It's not a direct person to person pass, but Steph. Yeah. The way the Warriors' offense work is Steph will give the ball up to Draymond. There's only two people on Steph, and somebody's cutting somewhere for something, and. It's just so much of it is created from Steph, and I'm just like, man, it's just I don't know if this guy is gonna get the do, man. And I, and honestly, the strength of the Warriors team is that obviously Steph can still do what he does in terms of rebounding. Steph is one of the best rebounding guards there is, but in terms of rebounding yeah. and points, Steph has to be efficient in those areas. I don't know if he'll rack up the assists. He normally is is around five assists. I mean, I think that's that's good enough. I think. 
yeah, that's normally that's normally good enough. But he has to. This has to be one of those Steph Curry situations where where we said we missed out in twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen, the next year following the unanimous MVP year. This has to be one of those runs in that final series. This has to be it. That, that kind of guy no more, man. What? That ain't that kind of guy no more. The offense ain't that kind of offense no more. It's not. But look, man, they gotta. Time has to reverse. And, and, and to be fair, I think it, I think offense their offense isn't that offense anymore for the better. To be honest, I think I think that their their offense back then was very contingent on them being hot, and now they have way more leeway to not be on fire all the time. Yeah, because they're well, it's off- more. Spread. You said it's more now. Hot. It's like okay, more spread out. It's like okay. Because now you have, you have a better version of Harrison Barnes and Andrew Wiggins in terms of offense. You have Jordan Poole, who's better than any guard you had. You know, I think it was Sean Livingston coming off your bench. You know, so it's like you can pull shots away from from Steph, and you can pull shots away from Clay, and be like, okay, we we you know we trust these guys on offense. Yeah, like Steph in that last series against the Mavericks, twenty three point eight points per game on forty four percent shooting from the field and 44 percent shooting from three with six oh, okay. with 6.6 rebounds and seven assists i think okay i think he could win a finals MVP off those numbers it, that would do it yeah i think he could win one off that all right guys we'll obviously talk well, about this one series more, more. what one more thing you can't get locked up by like a Delvadova. i mean obviously the, the guy that would be on was marcus smart most likely so i don't even think it would be a Delvadova situation but yeah you can't you can't just disappear you got locked up by Delhi. Imagine what Marcus Smart's gonna do. <laughs> it can't. It definitely can't have one of those situations, man. That would be horrific, truly really horrific. But all right, guys, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. Of course, if you are not already subscribed, make sure you guys go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Make sure you follow the podcast on whatever platform you follow the podcast on. Of course, also make sure you guys follow the social media handles down in the description below. And if you guys are also able to, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out the most recent video about the Golden State Warriors on there as well. And leave a comment and leave a like. Of course, all the support you guys give to this program matters and it always appreciated, guys. And of course, until next time, I'm out. And of course, guys, enjoy your Memorial Day. <laughs>